Welcome to the Academy of General Dentistry podcast series featuring Dr. George Schmidt. Each episode features experts in the field of dentistry who share insights and inspiration to help you succeed. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back, everyone. We have a fantastic show for you today as we welcome the one and only Gary Takis. Hey, Gary, how are you? Hey, George, uh, I am doing great. And it is such an honor to be on your podcast. I've been looking, this date has been circled on my calendar for, uh, since we scheduled it. And uh, I'm excited to be talking to you today. Oh, likewise. Likewise, Gary, I'm thrilled to have you on the show. I've been really looking forward to this. You know, for those that don't know Gary, Gary is a well-known presence in our industry, and he's got a passion for the business of dentistry and helping others achieve the same success that he has. He's a summa cum laude uh, alumni of the University of Oregon, where he has a bachelor's in history there. He's an honorary Omicron Kappa Upsilon OKU member. He's an instructor at Midwestern University School of Dental Medicine in Glendale, Arizona. He's the owner of Life Smiles Dental Care in partnership with Dr. Paul Nielsen and Dr. Tim Schmidt. He's the founder and owner of the Takis Learning Center since 1989. He's also the founder of the Thriving Dentist podcast show, the number one podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And he has been downloaded, get this, by dentists in 188 countries. And not only that, Gary just recorded his 600th episode over the past many years. And by my calculations, I don't think he's missed a week in about 12 years. So that's just fantastic. He's a, a very well-known dental coach, dental practice coach and consultant. He's the co-host of the Less Insurance Dependence podcast. He's an instructor on business, uh, on the business of dentistry at the Pankey Institute in Key Biscayne. And if that weren't enough, he's published over 350 articles on practice management in magazines such as Dentistry Today, Dental Management, and of course, the AGD Impact and Dental Economics, and many, many more. Gary, that's pretty prolific. That's good stuff. Well, thank you, George. I, I, I guess uh, the other way we can look at it, that, that officially makes me an old guy. <laughs> I've been well, doing this that, for a that while. Could, that could make you the godfather or the grandfather of dental <laughs> podcasting. You can take your pick, I guess. Well, uh, Alan Mead uh, uh, pinned a nickname on me a number of years ago. Some of you will know Alan Mead. Uh, Alan pinned a nickname on me, and he calls me the podfather. The podfather. Oh. <laughs> There you go. There I'll take go. that. Podfather. And I told well, Alan when he called me the podfather, I said, either that's a, a compliment or or you're referring to me as an old guy. And uh, he said, no, I meant it as a compliment. So I'll, I'll take it as a compliment. But I did start yeah, in the profession. Go. I started in 1980, uh, George. So it's been uh, 43 plus years in this amazing profession. And pardon my uh, enthusiasm around uh, the dental profession, but I think dentistry rocks. And the reason I think dentistry rocks is we have the ability to change people's lives every day. It could be something we do clinically, or it could be something we do behaviorally. Uh, but we do have the ability to make a tremendous impact on people's lives every day. And for that, uh, I am very grateful uh, to be involved in this profession. And I'm very grateful for our colleagues, whether they be at the dentist level or team member level. Um, we do important work and we get to make a positive impact on people's lives. Absolutely. You know, and, and over those 40 plus years, you know, Gary, you have made such a contribution to the profession. I mean, 
you're you're you are you're just uh you've done such a fantastic job and we could probably talk all afternoon about all the things that uh that you're you know that you're qualified to talk about the business of dentistry and so on and so forth but the one thing i want to focus on and chat with you a little bit about gary is something that's near and dear to my heart uh is is ppo's as it relates to the dental office and how that impacts our business because it touches so many folks out there it, you know, it really does. Uh, the most common format, if you look at practice formats, uh, the most common format for doctors um, is, is to be a, a, a participating provider, to be a PPO provider. Um, by far, that's far and away the most common format, you know, say compared to uh, an HMO provider or uh, on the other extreme, a uh, fee-for-service uh, provider. The most common format is to be a, um, a, a PPO provider. Um and the, the challenge with that uh, is, is that uh, the fee structure that you're required to uh, apply if you're a participating provider um, is very low compared to your usual fees. In fact, today, as we're recording this, the average insurance adjustment in a PPO plan um, is 45%. Um, so, you know, if you had a fee that your normal fee was $1,000, I'll just make up a fee that's a round number, George. If you had a fee for a service that was $1,000, uh, and if it was a patient that wasn't insured, that patient would pay you $1,000. However, if you're a PPO provider, then you are required to honor the PPO fees, and you'll be reimbursed $550, you know, instead of uh, $1,000. And it's just, it has a, a tremendously difficult impact on the practice financially. Um, and so over the years, I've become a bit of an expert on helping dentists successfully uh, reduce their insurance dependence. Um, and I call it reducing insurance dependence, Georgia, as opposed to going fee for service. Because a practice can improve um, by dropping plans along the way. So you don't have to go all the way to fee for service to see benefits in your practice. However, I always tell my clients, if your goal is to become a fee-for-service practice, then I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader because that's the way to get the best benefit out of it uh, because then you're no longer going to be handing that 45% off to the insurance companies. And I like um, doctors to think about those adjustments as being in a marketing expense. So the amount of money that you're writing off in the form of PPO adjustments I want you to conceptually think of it as a marketing expense because you're paying the insurance company to provide you patients, but you're paying them a, a massive amount of money, 45% on average today. Um, and uh, the, the challenge with that uh, is that many dentists don't know what they're writing off because there's two legitimate ways to enter your fees in your practice management software. Both are recognized accounting principles. One way would be to enter your UCR fees into your practice management software. And then when you get your uh, check and your EOB from the insurance company, uh, your software will do the heavy lifting of the math to determine what the write-off is. Only 10%, statistically, only 10% of dentists in the country use that method in their practice management software. The other 9%, 90% use the other method which is they simply enter their contracted fees. And, they're, yeah. and now all three major practice management software platforms, Dentrix, EagleSoft, Open Dental, encourage you to enter your contracted fees simply because it makes tracking your collections easier. But the downside of that is you never know what you're writing off. 
And if you don't know what you're writing off, it's kind of like not having information. Uh, George, if you have a patient that doesn't allow you to take radiographs, you really can't do uh, a full service to the patient because you don't have enough information. Well, if the doctor doesn't know what he or she is writing off, uh, then uh, you could spend a whole lot of money, a whole lot of time, you know, uh, trying to save a dollar on a box of gloves. <laughs> when in fact, your real problem is you're, 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 you're handing 45% to the fat cats at the insurance company. You know, I'll get Gary, off my soap. That, it, it, I was gonna say, I'll get off my soapbox or maybe I'll get back on yeah. it. We'll see. I'm going to get you back on there in just one minute. So, but you know, it's even worse than that, actually, if you think about it, at least the way I think about it, because a lot of offices um, don't have the capability or maybe not the correct software. So they actually have to spend time paying people to make manually make all those adjustments. So it compounds your overhead, makes it more expensive, or there are some companies out there, I'm not going to name who they are, that'll actually do that for you, maybe for 5% on the dollar. So there's another 5% that's going in on your overhead. But the one thing that you mentioned, I'm so glad you're bringing all this up and sort of, uh, you know, bringing it out in the open, because I think there's a lot of dentists out there that participate in insurance and kind of get lost in the weeds. And you don't really, you lose sight of the fact because you got so much going on. You lose sight of the fact of, you know, what actually you are writing off. And, and I think it's a, it's a hamster wheel that you get on. And, and I think, uh, I know you have some comments about that. Well, if I can help your listeners understand this, uh, George, a, a, a new client of mine in my coaching work, and I'll, I'll leave him nameless because I didn't ask his permission, but I'll share the, the, the details. Um, so this is a client that, um, like 90% of dentists, he enters his contracted fees. And I, I put together a simple Excel spreadsheet. I, uh, pardon, uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd, <laughs> George. I don't mind admitting that. I, I do enjoy math and I'm a bit of a nerd. And so I put together a, a custom Excel spreadsheet with simple information, three pieces of information. I can run that information through that Excel spreadsheet and give you an estimate on what you're writing off to plus or minus 2%. So let's get specific about it so your listeners can understand what that might look like. So I'll describe the, this practice. Um, in 2022, this practice collected just a dash over a million dollars. It's a solo uh, dentist practice, nice, strong practice, collected just over a million dollars. Um, in, in this practice, 80% uh, of the patients were PPO patients. And by the way, that's not an unusual occurrence because the longer you're in PPO plans, where you're, the, the source of new patients is coming by being listed on PPO plans, that percentage creeps up to where it's usually a very dominant percentage. So 80% of this practice's patients were PPO, and the average adjustment was 42%. Does okay, that make sense uh, you know, as I'm explaining that, George? Yep, absolutely. Yep. Now, I ran it through the Excel spreadsheet. Here's what we learned. This practice had to produce $1,537,000 in order to collect a million. Now, if you just tuned into this podcast and that's all you heard, you might be thinking, oh my goodness, that practice has a collections problem. No, 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 no. It didn't have a collections problem at all. This, pro this practice had an adjustment problem. And if you accept my definition of that being the, the adjustments being a marketing expense, then this practice was paying $537,000 a year to the PPO plans to generate patients for them. But it gets even more insidious, George, because the overhead was not based on the million that this practice collected. It was based on the, the million 537 they had to generate. 
Yeah. So you're getting squeezed on both ends. That's that's brutal, Gary. And you know what? I I I love the idea that how you characterize that at a marketing expense. Because you know, I'll I'll be frank with you. I mean, I've got a I've got a larger practice in, in Jersey and, and and I have a lot of insurance, but I never quite thought of it as as a marketing expense. And if you were to sort of substitute what you're paying to the PPO fees and just do extra initial marketing there. I, I mean, yeah, you could spend a fraction, a small fraction of that amount on a comprehensive marketing plan uh, and not only, you know, radically reduce your costs, but um, you could also get the added benefit of patients choosing you for reasons other than you're on their insurance plan. Now, George, is it okay if I ask you a question? Can I reverse roles for a minute? Of course. Is it possible to get a good patient? I'm just going to make make a name up of an insurance company. Is it possible to get a, a good patient from, say, Blue Cross Blue Shield or, or or MetLife or Travelers or Aetna? Is it possible to get a good patient from them? I think so. I mean, I think it depends on how we define a good patient, of course. But yeah, right. absolutely. But absolutely, correct? I, mm -hmm. I would agree with you. I'd say absolutely. But is it also possible that many times those patients arrive with baggage? And the baggage that I'm referring to is an insurance mindset. In other words, they're only interested in having something done if it's covered by insurance. All the time. Yeah. And the interesting thing is when you, and if you think about it, it makes perfect sense because this was someone that had dental insurance. So they went to the dental insurance website to find a provider and their insurance, they have an insurance mindset. Um, and if we, if we develop a comprehensive marketing plan, we can, attract people that are choosing you for other reasons. Maybe they choose you because of your technology. Maybe they're choosing you because of your credentials. You know, uh, the, the public doesn't know necessarily know what it means to be a fellow in the Academy of General Dentistry uh, or to have a mastership in the Academy of General Dentistry. Um, but, you know, we can explain what that is on our website. And someone might look at that and say, wow, this, this is someone that has advanced uh, experience. And maybe they seek you out because of your credentials. Maybe they seek you out because you've got 500 five-star Google reviews. Uh, maybe they seek you out because of your reputation in the community for not only providing quality care, but for giving back to the community, participating in some local charities and so on. So it's kind of cool when people choose you for other reasons than you're on their insurance, uh, because very often now these people are choosing you because they're interested in their health. They're interested in uh, keeping their teeth all their life. Um, they're interested in you, doctor, being their partner in helping them enjoy the benefits of good oral health, oral health their entire life. I think, I think, just as you pointed out, you're going to attract a whole different patient pool with a different mindset. And I think, and I think you're absolutely right. That will will serve you well. But Gary, what do you say to the listener out there that says, you know what, Gary, I love everything you're saying, but if I do that, I'm just afraid I'm going to lose all my patients. Well, the fear, um, the, the fear is real. Um, and, you know, I like to think of fear in, in a different way. I'm going to, as some of you may have heard of this, but if you haven't, this might be a useful way to, to kind of think about this. Um, uh, I think of fear, F-E-A-R, as an acronym, George. And the acronym would be false evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. The fear is that you're going to, go out of network and lose all your patients. And, and that's a, a very real fear in the mind of many dentists. But I can tell you from firsthand experience, having helped over 400 practices in all 50 states, in every locational environment, 
urban practices, suburban practices, large town, medium-sized town, small town, uh, company towns. You know, a good example of a company town today is Seattle. Uh, Seattle has many employers, of course, but the employment landscape is dominated by four major employers, Boeing Aircraft, Microsoft uh, Computer and Software, um, Amazon, you know, they have their headquarters and their national fulfillment center there, and Starbucks. Now, not everybody in Seattle works for those four companies, one of those four companies, but the majority of them do. And by the way, all four of those companies provide PPO plants. So there's dentists in Seattle. They, oh, I could never do it. If I, if I, only if I wasn't in Seattle. If I was in New Jersey, I could do this, but I can't do it in Seattle. And we could point to practices all over uh, the I-5 corridor and all over Seattle that have successfully resigned uh, from, from PPO plants. Um, so it can be done. Uh, if you have to take a jump in faith with me, let me encourage you to take that jump. Uh, and you can go step by step. Uh, you know, we can start by typically one of the techniques we use when I'm doing my coaching is we pick a smaller plan to start with. Um, and, you know, we, we build our skills before we get to the bigger plans. Uh, anytime you, you successfully drop a plan in your practice, you will have enhanced the, um, the, uh, uh, the strength of your practice. And I will tell you that one of the most rewarding aspects of my coaching work, every single time I take an office through this process, we do a debrief afterwards. And one of the ways we measure our success is what percent of our existing in-network patients did we keep when we went out of network? And every single time I do a debrief where we have data in front of us, looking at the hard data of what happened, my client tells me the same thing. Gary, I lost fewer patients than I thought. And that's, wow. that's heartwarming to me, of course. Um, but, you know, you're going to lose patients, if I can be very blunt and direct. Uh, so let's talk about your practice. George, if you were to do this in your practice, you're going to lose patients. Uh, I, wish I, I wish I could tell you there's a way to do this and not lose patients, but I'm not going to do that because I've never seen it happen. <laughs> so based on experience, I'm going to say you're going to lose patients. I think, you know, I think, I, I think the, I mean, I think the margins though are going to make up for that in many instances, right? But I think just like anything else in life, when you have a fear, it's hard for somebody, some people to sort of take that, take that first step, if you would. And so what you're saying is don't go out there, to, you know, you're not going to recommend to, to an office, they drop everything and go cold turkey. It's a gradual process then. It's a process. It's a process that involves a lot of training with your team. We want your team members to be uh, comfortable communicating with your patients. Um, it, we actually have a six-step um, uh, six plan that we follow. Uh, it's six, six steps to successfully resign from PPO plans. Um, and that those six steps, um, uh, if we walk through those and do all of our preparation, uh, we tend to get a very, a very consistent, repeatable uh, result. Um, and those six steps allow you to um, prepare your patients and to do everything possible to keep as many of those existing patients uh, as possible. But it's very rewarding to me when I do the debrief and the client says, Gary, I, I lost way fewer patients than I thought. Um, and, and when it comes down to it, the ones that leave George, they, they aren't bad people. They, you know, not at all. They're, they're patients that when it really comes down to it, the only reason they come to your office is because you accept their, uh, their insurance. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. For that. And, you know, when you talk about the six steps there, I know you have a, an amazing, I guess you'd call it your flagship program, your masterclass program that's coming up. And I want to circle back and talk about that in a couple of minutes. Yep. Um, but so, um, 
so I guess that that would be the way to go would be to just little by little. But the other thing I, I, I saw that you had talked about or written about recently was there's actually a trend where uh, less and less insurance is being offered or less and less people are enrolling in plans, correct? Yeah. Yeah, actually, the number of, of people that have dental insurance in the United States is declining, and it's declining rather rapidly. And uh, there's some evidence to point to um, a COVID-19 connection here, George. Um, you know, when we experienced uh, COVID-19, uh, it affected businesses in, in many, many, many ways, and we're still kind of unraveling all of that, of course. Um, but uh, many businesses lost a significant amount of money. And as they've rebounded coming back after COVID-19, they have to, companies have to find a way to cut their expenses. And one of the ways companies are ex cutting expenses is not providing dental insurance to their employees. It's not required. You know, companies don't have to provide dental insurance. Uh, and so many companies are cutting that because uh, they have found that there's other benefits that they can provide that have a higher degree of appreciation by their employees. So the fact that the universe of dentists that don't have dental insurance is, is going down, I think is a good thing is a good thing. Um, and that can work in our favor uh, by uh, putting together uh, ways to attract people, say, that don't have dental insurance uh, to, to, to your practice. Um, and we even, you know, we, we now know some demographics around that. Um, there's three groups of people that uh, traditionally don't have dental insurance. Let me rattle those off real quick, George. Retirees uh, typically don't have dental insurance. They could, but, but likely not. Um, a second group would be the opposite end of the age spectrum, and that would be millennials. They often haven't reached the point in their career where they're accorded benefits. And then the third group would be um, kind of a, um, a, 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 a compilation of different types of people, but this would be a group that I call the gig economy workers, GIG economy work. These will be Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, um, freelancers, independent contractors, people that run an Etsy shop, or maybe an Airbnb or a VRBO, or, or someone that, uh, you know, works from home for three or four different companies doing freelance work. Those are not as easy to find, but we can market to those three groups of people. And I'll ask you, do you have, do you have retirees in your community, George? Oh, absolutely. Plenty. Now, of you them. don't have retirees in New Jersey, like we might have in Arizona or Florida, but you have them, right? We, we definitely do. Yeah, I would imagine you have a larger percentage, but for sure we've got them. Do you have millennials? We Yes, we do. They're easy to find. They're in the basement of, of the retirees. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Not really. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, you're, 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 you're close to a number of, of, of major cities. Do you have gig economy workers in and about your, you know, in your area in New Jersey? For sure. I think they're everywhere. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere. Um, you know, in fact, uh, many people um, are rethinking of what work means today, uh, you know, and there's some very qualified people that are choosing to, you know, drive an Uber or, or work for, uh, you know, uh, maybe they have a, a rental property and they do a Airbnb. Um, and if we can uh, market to those people, then the nice thing about attracting a patient that doesn't have insurance, they aren't going to ask you, are you in my network? Because there is no network. The other thing, That's when you right. present dentistry to them, George, they're not going to ask you, doctor, is that covered by my insurance? It's it's irrelevant question. And they're more interested in, in, doctor, how can replacing this missing tooth help my health? Now, can I put you on the spot, George? Sure. Which question would you rather have? Hey, how much is my insurance going to pay for that? Or 
doctor, this missing tooth every, can you tell me why replacing that would be helpful for me? Which one would you rather field? Well, I think it's obvious we'd rather have the, we'd rather have the latter question for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so part of what this does, it, it, it attracts a patient uh, that is more interested in optimal oral health, you know, and more interested in the, in the dentist and your team as a partner, uh, as, as their partner in helping them achieve great oral health. So instead of just coming to you when I have a problem, it's the idea of working together as a team with you helping me maintain my oral health and help me keep my own natural teeth all my life. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think that makes a lot of sense to me, Gary. Let me let me circle back. So if we're when we when we're talking about maybe uh, thinking about um, eliminating some of the plans, I'm sure communication has a big role in how you do that. I mean, this is not. I mean, I'm sure you're not going to recommend just sending out a letter or letting the insurance company tell them. There's got to be a method for that, right? Yeah, we want to talk to face to face as many of your patients as possible. Um, and we, we know that if we talk to patients, we're going to be a lot more effective uh, than sending a letter or sending an email. Um, and some insurance companies, Delta being perhaps the most notorious, will always send a letter to the patients when you resign. Um, and so you want to counteract that letter uh, to get your message out with patients. So whenever we can talk to patients face to face, we're going to be a lot more effective with it. Let me back up before I give an example of that. Let me back up and share. I, I shared with you, George, there's a six-step plan that we follow. I happen to think that all six steps are, are very important. But I'm often asked, well, Gary, of those six steps, which step do you think is most important? And uh, uh, I tap dance a little bit because I think all six are important. But but I'll, I'll say, well, George, you asked me a question, so I'm going to answer it for you. Um, it's It's step number five which is elevating the relationship-driven aspect of your practice, elevating that. And what I mean by relationship-driven, George, is that uh, you and your team uh, tend to know your patients' names. You know their spouse's name. You know their kids' names. You know their dog's name. You know their hobbies. You know their interests. Um, you know the important uh, events in their lives. Uh, maybe you know that Linda, one of your patients, is taking care of an elderly parent right now. That's how I would characterize a relationship-driven practice. And by the way, I think a relationship-driven practice is what makes our profession so rich and makes your experiences so rich. When you're taking care of patients that you enjoy, surrounded by a team that you love, that to me is, is personal satisfaction. That is so true, Gary. I mean, that is so true when you can go to work and, and, and have that kind of an environment, that kind of relationship with your patient. I mean, uh, you know, and I, I, spot on. I, I'm the beneficiary of having some amazing mentors in my life, in, including Dr. L.D. Pankey, um, including Dr. Omar Reed. Both both Dr. Pankey and Dr. Reed uh, talked about the importance of a relationship driven practice um, and, and how uh, I have a, a wonderful quote that uh, I, I first heard from Dr. L.D. Pankey. And uh, Dr. Pankey said that always remember that there's a person connected to those teeth. Uh, dentistry is a people game. It, you know, it's a clinical game. Of course, we have to have, we have to provide quality care, but it's also a people game. And uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer that doctor, if you'll take the effort and, and put in the work to master clinical dentistry, 
There's no getting around that. There's no shortcuts. Uh, master clinical dentistry, but also master the behavioral side of dentistry, the people side of dentistry. The world's your oyster. Because not everybody values what I'm about to say, but many people do. Many people want to go to a dental office where they're being taken care of by a doctor and team who they know, like, and trust. Would you agree with me on that? Absolutely, Gary. And I mean, uh, and a hundred percent. Now, sadly, the insurance companies are trying to commoditize dentistry because in the eyes of the PPO plans, a crown's a crown's a crown. Well, we know better, don't we, George? Absolutely. And you know, the it's other not thing, the same. no, it's not, it's not the same. And, and, and let me just say that, you know, I travel in my travels around the country, the most successful dentists that I know uh, are not always the best clinicians. Of course, they have good and great clinical skills, but it's the people that have mastered the social aspect of dentistry. Yeah, it's really, and it's really cool when you get both, when, when you've got brilliant clinical skills and you have great people skills. Yes. Now, let me, let me, let me take off on that point. Um, work on the behavioral side. That's part of what we do in preparation. We really work on the behavioral side of dentistry, the people side of dentistry. Um, and then when it comes to, you know, communicating with our patients, when, when we say to the patient, I'll, I'll role play this. Can I role play with you, George, as if sure. you were a patient and sure. I was having a conversation with you? Sure. Let's say I'm, um, maybe I, I could be the hygienist. I could be the assistant. I could be the insurance coordinator in the practice. Hey, George, I wanted to uh, share a, a decision that we've made in the practice that impacts you. But before I do that, uh, I want to tell you that every single patient in our practice is important to us. And George, you are important to us as a patient. Now, let me hit pause on the role play for a minute. If the patient doesn't believe what I just said, whatever I'm going to say next, I'm wasting my breath. <laughs> <laughs> Would you agree? Absolutely. No, so now, but, so now are you going to pause there with your patient and let them no, say? No, I'm, I'm pausing okay, for our, for our okay. recording benefit. Okay. Um, but, but um, so, and I believe in your practice. I, I, you know, I haven't been in your practice. I haven't observed, but, but George, I feel like I know you and I, I feel like I know where your value system is. I suspect that if you or any of your team members said that to your patient, the patient reaction would be, well, of course, that's why I come here. That's why, that's why I appreciate you so much. I think so. I think that I think, I think you know, I know it's hard for you to talk about yourself that way, but I believe that that would be the, the most likely response from your patients. Yes, of course. That's yes. why I come. Yeah. And then, then we're going to say from there, um, we have nothing's changing today, George, but effective, and we'll give a date in the future, effective November 1st will no longer be contracted uh, with your Blue Cross uh, Blue Shield insurance. Um, and the reason we've done this is they become increasingly difficult to work with and they've had a lot more impact on uh, things like things they'll approve and things they don't approve. And we were concerned that if the trend continued, we couldn't deliver the highest quality care. There would be a possibility in the future that we couldn't deliver the highest quality care, nor there, there'd be a possibility that we wouldn't be able to provide you with the best possible visit experience. And those things are non-negotiable for us. So we made the decision that affected November 1st um, will no longer be contracted with your Blue Cross Blue Shield insurance. But here's the good news. Even after November 1st, you can choose, still choose our office for your care. You can use whatever benefits you have right here in our office. We'll file your claims for you like we always have. And we'll be on your side to help you get every dollar of benefit uh, that you have. 
And it would be our fondest wish that you appreciate the quality of care we provide. You appreciate the way we take care of you, like we take care of a family member, that you continue uh, to come to our office for your dental care. But I just want to have this conversation with you today so that it wouldn't be a surprise in the future. Of course, we're going to send you a letter as it gets closer, but I wanted to talk to you about it, uh, answer any questions you might have and let you know what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I wanted to do that ahead of time so it wouldn't be a surprise. That's, I call that the heads up conversation. I think that's, and, a, I think that's a fantastic script. I mean, because you really checked a lot of the boxes because those are a lot of the fears that the patients have. I mean, of course, money is the fear and how their benefits could be used and things like that. But I think they're worried that they can't come to your practice anymore because you're not in the insurance and, and there's, they're thinking, how am I going to file my insurance and all that? And I think, yeah, giving them that is great. Yeah. Delta sends a letter out that says that, uh, you know, after you've resigned, um, you'd be better off finding an in-network dentist because if you stay with your current dentist, you may have to file your own uh, insurance claims. Well, I don't know if, I don't teach that method. I imagine there are some consultants that say, just wash your hands of it and hand the patient a claim form. I don't teach that method. Uh, and so any of our clients, no, we're going to still file the insurance claims for patients. And uh, so we let, we, we address their concerns in advance. And once they realize, oh, I can still come to your office. I can use the benefits here. You'll file my claims for me. Oh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in. Yeah. So that's a little preview of some of the things like verbal skills that we cover with, with the team. Um, and, and we just really help really prepare um, to the gills so that uh, we can answer questions that come up. And the goal is to keep as many of our existing patients as possible. And the outcome is so rewarding when we see how few you actually lose. You will lose some. Um, but on the other hand, uh, the ones you keep uh, really have made a choice. Uh, they made a qualitative choice. And they're telling you how much they value you. Yeah. And I'm sure that what you just described, and we covered a lot of ground here, but what you just described, of course, is a part of the masterclass that you offered. So we're running short on time, but tell me a little bit about this masterclass course. Yeah, the masterclass is, uh, it's a three-hour course. Um, one evening, we do it virtually. We do it in a live stream format. It's it's three, three hours of, of CE credits. Um, and I it allows me to go into a deep dive on a particular topic. And of course, uh, that topic is the six steps to successfully resign from PPO plans. That's our master class. Um, we make it very inexpensive. Tuition is 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 less than ninety dollars. Uh, you attend from the convenience of your home or office, uh, but it's done live, so you can ask questions. And I run it more like a workshop than a lecture, so you can ask questions. We do some exercises during the workshop, and you're really armed with all the information you need to start to prepare uh, to successfully resign from from uh, from PPO plans. Um, and in fact, if, if any of your listeners uh, want more information about that, they can go to the website. It's thrivingdentist.com uh, forward slash masterclass. Uh, we typically do that one uh, at different times during the year. Uh, would love to have uh, have you attend if that's of interest to you. The kind of dentists that attend that, uh, George, are kind of, they fit into three different buckets. One bucket would be they've made the decision. They just need to know how to do it. That's one group. There's another group that... Um, really would would like to learn more. They need to learn more about what it looks like, uh, how to prepare for it, whether their practice has the right situation to do it successfully. And they come to the class to learn more. Uh, and I would say that would be a majority of, of the attendees. And then there's a third group that are just really curious. Um, and uh, they're beginning the process of wanting to learn more about it. So if you fit in any of those three categories, uh, you'll have lots of company in that masterclass and we'd love to have you there. Sounds like an amazing course. I mean, there's such good information. And like you said, even if you're even if you're just thinking about 
you know, eliminating some of the PPOs, you really need to educate yourself and and find out what it's all about and how you might want to do that. So, no, you know, Gary, I know you do consulting. I know you do a, a lot of different things there. So just, you know, give us, tell me a little bit about that and how, if somebody wanted to speak a little bit more to you about some of these things, how could they get yeah, in contact know, with you? George, my day job um, is I'm a coach. My, my I started my consulting firm in 1989 and I uh, have had my own consulting firm ever since. Uh, we work, myself and my team, uh, works with dentists all over the country to help them develop their ideal practice. One of the reasons uh, that um, a dentist seek, seek us out is to help them with that uh, PPO process. But but we uh, do a, uh, many other things to enhance your practice as well. My goal is to help you develop your ideal practice. Um, I would be your coach. Uh, I don't have associate coaches, junior coaches. Uh, I'm the coach. Uh, you're stuck with me. I hope that's a good thing, George. Um, I do have a support team that works behind the scenes uh, with uh, uh, with your team. Uh, but we'd love the, we do welcome new clients. I'd love the opportunity to work with you if that was your interest. Um, maybe the best way to learn about that is to go to thrivingdentist.com uh, forward slash CSM. Uh, CSM stands for a coaching strategy meeting. Uh, it would open up my Zoom calendar. You'd schedule a one hour meeting with me. Uh, the purpose of that meeting would be for me to learn about your practice and for you to learn about our coaching and see if there might be a good fit. Uh, but I would love to uh, work with any of your listeners if that was their interest. Yeah. And, you know, let me say this too, Gary, that's a great opportunity. And I wouldn't encourage anybody for a variety of reasons uh, to reach out and, and talk to Gary. He's got so much experience. He's a wealth of knowledge, but, but let me say this too about your team, Gary, because I've had some interaction with them. You've got a great team working for you. You really do. Well, thank you. Thank you. We, um, uh, I'm, I'm a huge believer in the team. You, you won't hear me use the word staff. Aaron, I like to, uh, George, I like to think that staff, um, it's either an infection or a stick. <laughs> Wait a minute. You spell that infection differently. I think, right, right. <laughs> but, uh, I use the word team. Um, and it's something we teach in our coaching that, uh, you know, you you have a team that you work with. Um, and I have a wonderful team and, and I, I, I will relay your praise, uh, George, and they will appreciate it. So thank yeah. you for sharing that with me. Absolutely. And you know what, Gary, uh, we're out of time, but I just want to thank you again. I mean, it, it was just such a thrill to spend the last half hour or so chatting with you here. I mean, there's a reason you've done 600 podcasts. You're just a wealth of knowledge and and a wonderful person to uh, to speak with and, and chat with there. So we really appreciate you coming on, Gary. Well, George, it was my honor to be here. And thank you so much for the kind invitation. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, also like to thank uh, our producer, Kristen Gover. And if you like what you heard, please like and subscribe to our channel. You can always find us on the AGD app, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or suggestions, please contact us at news at AGD.org. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.